0: yo yo you're now tuned in to the everybody's an expert podcast this is your boy jorge and we got a special guest today all the way from the west coast it's my homie my homegirl. her name is Carmelyn, aka lynn aka lita she's a sports marketing expert so i thought it would be appropriate to have her here today to give a brief insight on what marketing looks like and different things in the sports marketing world so say what's up lita
1: Hi, everyone. Glad to be here.
0: <laughs> so, Lita, tell me tell me where you at right now. Where are you living? Where are you currently from? Where are you staying at?
1: No, yeah, that's good. Um, so I live in Atlanta, Georgia, and I work for a marketing agency. Just as Jorge said, I have been working in sports marketing for six years now, specifically in sponsorship. So what I do, I manage a brand's sponsorship, whether it be with the league, a team, a stadium, a tournament-style Type platform, I manage everything in regards to that sponsorship.
0: So, Lita, like, I mean, that sounds like a lot, but you know what people are gonna hook on to? What events do you do? Because I know you're telling me, I've always seen you on Instagram and Facebook, and I'm like, yo, she's at always all the major events. So, tell us uh, what, what kind of events do you work for, and what kind of events do you actually go to?
1: I've done a lot. I've, I've done a lot in six years. I mean, I've done everything from UFC 189. I've done Sports Illustrated Swim Week. I've done plenty of soccer tournaments. I've done Copa America. A lot of MLS Cups. A lot of MLS All Star Games. I dabbled a little bit in MLB All Star for a little bit. Um, Done some tennis stuff. So it's been a variation of things. I personally am a big fan of sports. I think that you know it's very important with to go ahead and immerse myself in as many different league sports events in general so i try i do my best to try and do everything
0: under the sun so for the listeners here i gotta like a small joke because you know she does all these things and she tells me sometimes i'm like oh man those are so amazing whatever but she always tells me but well, this is my job like i don't get to experience it like how normal people get to experience it like i have to come here and i have to work these are my clients i have to do a couple things so lately she had one event that she could have gone to that I just like make so much fun of it because she could have gone to the Masters and saw Tiger Woods win, her first cha- win his first championship in a long time and she didn't go. She had the passes. And then I asked Carmelin, why didn't you go? Carmelin, tell me, why didn't you go?
1: <laughs> Funny you bring that up. I mean, so yes, just like you said, it's it's never really for fun anymore if once i think that's like one of the cons everyone thinks sports marketing is a is a great thing to do everyone wants to do it but what they don't see is that when you actually get into sports marketing and you go to these games these tournaments these things like the masters you're there and it's never for fun it's always you're in work mode you're like You know attending to clients making sure that people are where they need to be that branding is where it needs to be branded etc so when i go i'm actually maybe i'll digest maybe 10 minutes of the masters in total and the rest of the time i actually focus on work
0: i feel you i feel you so let's get into a little bit about what your background is and then we'll get to what you do and then just give some people some advice of how they can get to where you're at and just give you know maybe an 18 year old is listening and wants to get into sports marketing how can they get there so Tell us a little bit, how did, get, how did you get where you're at? What school did you go to? What did you major? What internships did you do to kind of get you where you are, where you are right now?
1: So funny enough, I actually started at Eastern Washington University with the Red Inferno. Um, I started the year after Rodney Stuckey, like, got, you know, drafted into the league, etc. And I think that was really enticing for me as to where I can actually go to a school that has, you know, someone that represents, the went to the league, that was able to, like, uh, Basketball was huge at that time for Eastern Washington University, but then I I needed more. I needed something on a bigger level. I was like, you know what? Let me hit up some Pac-12 schools. (laughs) The, The whole point was to go there for grad school. I actually took the big jump and transferred over to my undergrad at the University of Arizona. Go Wildcats, Bear Down, the only school that matters in Arizona. And, you know, there you can only imagine sports were thriving. It's a beautiful campus, beautiful weather year round. People want to go there. Young athletes want to go to Arizona. You know, that was one of their big recruiting methods was to show how beautiful the campus was. The people there are beautiful. Just the vibe is just great. It's a great atmosphere. And it's, it's unlike no other. I mean, Bear Down was a huge thing and college basketball is huge. So I needed to make that jump to go ahead and get the experience, not only as an undergrad, but to also get the experience in school.
0: So what, what did you study at Arizona?
1: So I studied, I was actually on a business track focused in sports management. Um, so all of my sports classes, finance, uh, business law, um, public relationships, everything was with a sports twist. So I took sports marketing, sports business law, et cetera.
0: So let me take a little bit back. So did you play any sports or did you um, in high school, even your undergrad at Eastern Washington, did did you play anything sports related or anything like that?
1: No, I actually didn't. I mean, growing up, I was I would say I was a little bit athletic and I was very heavy into tennis and volleyball. But I think that was it. You know, I never went to school. I was never on the road to go play sports at a collegiate level.
0: But did you always love sports?
1: Yes, I definitely always loved sports.
0: So that, that comes to my question because like you, you always see sports marketing and you see the big names, you see um brands, right? You see the athletes, you see LeBron James, you see Derek Jeter of the world, you see Alex Rodriguez, um, Kobe Bryant, and you see these big name athletes. so you, when you think about marketing, you think about these sports athletes that they play the sports. But how can somebody that you know that just loves sports and just wants to get into it, I feel like you're the perfect example of somebody that maybe you didn't play your whole life but you love sports and you wanted to be a part of it so what what about what you learned in arizona took you to that next level to like be intrigued and to to working into that marketing world and working with these athletes and these companies
1: yeah and i'll take it a little step back just because personally i view it as a person who's not an athlete or was an avid athlete It's you take one of two roads, right? When you want to go in a sports industry, you are on the athletic road, you're an athlete, you're gonna get that scholarship, you're gonna get the exposure, you're gonna get the exposure with brands wanting to endorse you, you you have the media on you, you're gonna be broadcast on ESPN, all these channels, you get the exposure that way. Or you could be someone like me who did not go, did not have one lick of like getting a chance of going to school on a sports scholarship, So I had to find other ways to be in the sports world. How that was through business, because on the other side of being an athlete, what you have you have the businesses. Athletes aren't gonna be where they're at unless there's business to endorse in this sports world. So I was like, that's the closest I'll be. I'm on the field during work, you know, at all these tournaments, games, etc. I am within reach of these athletes, etc. So that's my way and that's my thing to say that if you want to be a part of the sports world, well, you got to look on the business side because. That, I mean, business side of sports will cover everything from media broadcasting, from actual marketing, from actual operations, from, you know, player management, talent, etc. There's all these different avenues and different niches that you can get into when you when you're not on that athlete track.
0: That's dope. I mean, looking at your career and thinking about where you're at now, you deal with a lot of clients. You've always could deal with all these events and stuff. So when from from the sports agency side where you work for a sports agency now what do clients look to get from you what what are clients looking for when you're talking about these big name corporations in the sports marketing
1: world yeah so you have to, you have to be an expert i mean you, and when i say you have to be an expert it's because you have to make yourself an expert and what i mean by that is that you always have to be caught up with industry knowledge what's going on in the world how are fans digesting whatever it is in the sports world and a good example is the social and digital space right now everyone has a smartphone a tablet everything right that's how they check their espn app on scores that's how they watch games etc everyone's always looking at a phone so all these brands, if they want to go ahead and and get their eyeballs, the more eyeballs that they can on their brand, on their logo, where do they want to go ahead and place their advertisement? They want to place it on social digital. And that goes back to just me knowing what's the latest trend in the industry. How are people consuming sports? You know, it's not back in the day when it's just regular TV.
0: So let me take a little step back, right? So you have all these major corporations and you would think right these major corporations they hire their own people in-house right so let's say for example you have a chase bank or you have a state farm or you have um, a progressive insurance so they want to hire their own marketing to get their product into the sports world to get to to this new market but what most people don't know is that they don't hire in-house they don't hire they don't create a department of marketing in-house they hire one marketing person or two marketing people within their own department, and then they hire an agency, which is where you come in, right? You're the agency they, that, that gets to um, investigate their market and take whatever their goal is to whatever market. So how do you as an agency sell yourself to a client or to these big, pro- these big companies that want to be in these um, big major events, such as the NBA, MLB, NFL, and things, things are like that?
1: Yeah, that, that's a great question because the way we sell ourselves is basically the guarantee of our job security. So I say that in a sense that where agencies come into play, A lot of brand major corporations they don't have the bandwidth within their headquarter companies to focus on the sports management side they don't have people in there that have a big industry knowledge in the sports space why because for example if your brand is a uh, let's say it's a phone industry right it's a a phone company whether it be verizon um, Mm -hmm. sprint etc I mean, they're hiring people that are more tech-based, you know, more specific to that. They're not going to hire people that will be focusing on sports. That's where they would rather hire, outsource, and hire an agency that will have 10 to 15 to 20 people, you know, in one office that can focus on these sports industries and provide that knowledge to these major corporations.
0: So when you guys, when you think about it, you guys are like kind of the avenue to the consumer, right? People just see the name, but in reality, the agencies are the ones that are trying, that are connecting the sports brand to the consumer. So anybody that's looking into marketing or trying to be involved in sports, marketing is a great, well, sports marketing is a great way to be that bridge between, all right, you love sports, you love playing it, you love seeing these athletes, and then connecting a brand to those sports. and. What is the main thing that these brands try to connect with people? Is there is different markets? Is it different are is there different stereotype that they try to get to? What is it that they try to do when they come to you guys?
1: Yeah, so every brand has a different objective. You know, every brand has a specific age group, a specific demographic that they want to target. So on the agency side, we have to wear many, many hats. We have to wear many, many hats in a sense that we're always, if a brand, one one of our clients can want to target specific age group 18 to 25 in the Hispanic um, space, right? So the Hispanic 18 to 25 consumer is probably one of their key targets. Where you'll have another brand, it's complete opposite, where they want to hit general market 25 to 49. Those are two completely different subsets of groups. Well, but then they rely on one person, me or a group of people, a team on the agency side to be able to still fulfill their objectives, even though they're two different markets. So it's the same. We have to wear many, many different hats, whether they want to hit them in the media space where you're going to have to do a broadcast deal with ESPN, Univision Deportes, etc., Fox or they just wanna go ahead and get on-site exposure. So maybe they're gonna look at sponsoring a team and then they're gonna do some pop-up events on those home match days, etc. cetera. So it, it can go very, very many ways. And so on the agency side, it's just a constant, always putting ourselves in the space, going to these games, seeing how people, how fans react, seeing what other brands are doing at this game that may be working, what doesn't work. Yeah. So we're always educating ourselves. It's a nonstop educational process.
0: It's so dope, man, because I've had these com- conversations with, with uh, Carmelyn, And honestly, there's so much to get into. We're just getting into a very brief overview. We just want to give you all some knowledge, you know, what's out there in the sports marketing world, because honestly, this could get into detail. She's talking about home matches, different things that. We can, we can get into the nitty gritty of it. We won't get it to today, but you know, depending on your support and stuff like that, we can, you know, you ask questions, we can come back and answer them. But now we're gonna move it forward into the less corporate side and just say, I'm just gonna ask you, Lita, like, if, if you were giving yourself advice 10 years ago, you know, that you're saying, hey, I'm, a, I'm going into college and I wanna get into sports marketing. What advice would you give yourself?
1: Oh, there's a few good ones. Um, And my main one would be just to be open in where you can go with the career that you want. And why I say that, like I said, when you go as an undergrad, a lot of people get that mindset. If I want to work in sports, I got to work for a team. And then when you do that, you have to work in ticket sales. But there's the agency where you can focus on so many different things, but still be tied back to sports. And and that's the beauty of it.
0: So... Give us some more information on that, because I know me personally, you think about sports marketing, you think, okay, I got to work for a specific team. I got to work for the Miami Heat. I got to work for the Orlando Magic. I got to work for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I got to work for the New York Yankees. So when you're talking about what else you can get to, what do you mean by that? What are, Where's that sports marketing side where you can get into and in a different avenues and still be involved in that world where you want to be at?
1: Yeah. And you know, it's it's going through the motions as an undergrad and always promoting yourself, always putting yourself in that place of exposure. I mean, it's been said over and over again, and I can't stress enough, internships. Get an internship, paid, unpaid, whatever. You got to go through the grind, through the hustle. Personally, my story, I'm going to share this so you know how real it could be. My last year of college, I was going through business school Monday through Thursday. And for the last two semesters i would work through an unpaid internship friday through sunday and that was with a company that i honestly can say that gave me the foot in the door and a lot of exposure in the soccer world and i did that like i miss out on a lot of things you miss out on you know maybe taking that trip with your friends you know that spring break trip that everyone wants to go to you know or having those all those house parties but guess what that's only going to fulfill you then and there you need to take the right steps then to, for your future, for the long run, because those networking relationships you're going to have with going through the hustle and everything that's going to, that's going to last a lifetime and that's going to open many more doors, you know, down the line.
0: So how would you connect the aspect of, again, people always see sports, right? They say you have to work for the team, but with the agency life and the, and the real sports marketing, you know, and what how much how much it takes to actually make an event happen, and whether it's be the World Cup the Super Bowl, NBA playoffs, how can students or people that are trying to get into this world look at trying to get into the sports marketing world, whether it be with an agency how How should they look at it not necessarily like you're saying having to go through ticket sales or th- or something like that
1: mm-hmm. yeah, they can I mean. If someone's already an avid sports fan and they're going to, whether it be just, you know, their local level um, soccer tournament, the league that they play in, you know, throughout the week, or whether they're going to these professional games, they have to look at it in a different sense. You're going to have to look at every single piece of, of brand logos, et cetera, at these games, matches, places, and just take a step back and really think, how did that brand get there? How did, why do you think this brand wants to be Wants to have their logos blasted, you know, in an arena or at a stadium.
0: So it's funny you say that because Carmen, I've been with you to a couple games. You know, you've thankfully you've taken me to a couple great events and things like that. That um, you're you're always looking at the marketing. You know, what brands are in this building? What brands are? T- what are they trying to get across and stuff like that? So in the in your business, the marketing world. What do they value? Why do they put their signs up in these arenas? Why do they do all of this stuff? What, what are they trying to get at? What is it that, because that's your job. Your job is to get those signs into the arena to connect with people. Why is that?
1: You know, so it's, it's all about what, I, what I'm going to call it is brand sentiment. And what they mean is that when there's X amount of eyeballs on their brand at any given time, whether it's live in an arena for 18,000 people Or whether it's on a match where you get 1.2 million viewers you know there's gonna be some level of brand sentiment and impression where those people will actually be like you know what I like that brand I'm actually gonna go spend my money whether online or directly at retail with that brand because of it so it needs to make that impression the exposure is everything if there's no exposure how are people gonna know that their products and services are out there and I think they can do it in many creative ways. I'm actually going to bring up this example. I know you're going to appreciate it. For Dwayne Wade's last home game, Budweiser did something very, very well. They created a they took their spin off this Buds for You hashtag and they did this Buds for 3 and they made a they made this 4-minute video of how Dwayne Wade would actually trade jerseys throughout the the games this past year. Mm-hmm. Well, they had these people that he touched you know, his mom, um, you know, the community, etc. where they gave him something, not a jersey, but something that meant a lot to them. And Budweiser did that so smart because I think this thing took off. Like, you know, it had X million amount of viewers within the first hour went live. And everyone's looking at it big, dang, Bud did a good job. They did a really good job with this, you know, and, and that's the type of impression every brand wants. That's the type of brand sentiment they want to get out there in the sports industry.
0: So when the brands come to you, that's kind of the the feeling they want. And I'm not gonna lie, you brought up that Dwayne Wade, and I'm. <laughs> it's funny you say that because I'm not a Budweiser drinker, but now if I go to a bar, you know what? I might get a Bud real quick. Just you know, because that 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 commercial was was definitely very touching. So you know, to, to finish things along. Let Carmelin, let, let the people know, what, what are you getting into now? What What's your next big move?
1: Oh, man. And you bring that up, and I, I know where you're trying to go. <laughs> <laughs> where you're trying to go here. So this summer, my next big move is I will actually be going to Brazil for Copa America. Okay. So excited. I'm so, so excited. Uh, my, my team, my personal team isn't playing in Mexico, but you know what? I'm just hyped that, you know, I get to be in Brazil with a whole bunch of other soccer fans, a lot of great, you know, soccer teams that going to watch this tournament.
0: So if y'all don't know, man, Copa America is like basically the World Cup, but of South America. And you know, South America got some dope ass teams. They got Messi with Argentina. They got Neymar with Brazil. They got Chile. They got Colombia with James. They got a bunch of dope teams. So tell them, tell me, I know you're going to be there kind of working, but who do you got? Who do you got out of all those big name teams bringing Copa America home?
1: Man, and I'm, I'm going to say this, and I'm probably going to upset a few of my friends, but I definitely think that, one, Brazil has a very good chance. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, they have Neymar there, and it, it, they're hosting in their home country. There's going to be a lot of just passion from the players being able to have Copa America played in their own national team, you know, and, I mean their national space. But I honestly think from having seen this team play recently Uruguay, they have oh, a powerhouse. Sleeper thing. alert. Yeah, okay. No, no, no. Okay. You gotta, you sleeper alert. You got to hear me alert. out. I'm going to hear you out. They still have the powerhouses in both their front and back end. They have their power fours, right? They have a solid defense and they can go, they can take it on the field. They can attack. And I think that's definitely going to be a team to watch out for. Yes, you have Messi with Argentina, right? But I think you focus so much on just one player. You have Hummus with Colombia. You know, and the, and Colombia unfortunately didn't fulfill their head coach until just recently. So I think that didn't really give th- the the team a vo- to the opportunity to vibe with this head coach, right?
0: I think what you see here is that we need to have Carmelin back when we have the Everybody's an Expert Soccer Talk because she's about to get in for y'all. But her sleeper pick is Uruguay, so we're going to leave it at that. And I'm, I'm interested to see, well, definitely when we come back and have some soccer talk because I know we have a lot of people that actually love soccer on our team, so we're we're gonna definitely bring you back for them soccer talk. Cause you're talking about forward defense, you was you was getting into the nitty gritty of it, and then to move on to finalize, she's also a Spurs mm-hmm. fan, so we like to do something called Lock of the Day, and the Spurs they just lost to the Denver Nuggets, so do you have the Spurs tying up the series at two to two? Lock of the day. What, what you got, Len? Or do you nah, you're not? You don't really believe in your Spurs. What you got
1: for us? Oh, I definitely believe in my Spurs. And I definitely think they're going to take this round, yes. Um, we'll see who they take on the next round. That's why I'm a little bit worried, just because the Spurs are always going to come off strong in the first few rounds of the playoffs. But once they start getting closer towards the end, and make it towards the semifinals, the conference finals, excuse me, like that's when it gets a little bit tough for the Spurs.
0: <laughs> so... You got the Spurs lock of the day tomorrow. That is that the lock of the day. You yes. got the Spurs winning. Okay, yes, absolutely. so you got the Spurs winning. So, um, Carmelyn, what's your IG? Tell the people your IG.
1: <laughs> it's actually at Carmelyn. So it's K H A R M E L Y N. So yeah, follow me. You can follow all of my travels to arenas, stadiums, etc.
0: Exactly. That's all I was gonna give you. If you didn't believe the hype, go ahead and hit her with a follow. You'll see what she's been doing. She's in the sports marketing world, so it was dope to um you know, have her impart her knowledge on us. And I uh, thank you so much for talking with me, Carmelyn. And y'all have a blessed day. Keep subscribing. At Everybody's an expert. Go ahead and follow on iTunes or, or Spotify, wherever y'all get your, your podcast from. Thank you, Carmelin. Thank you. All right, y'all have a blessed day.